Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, to another episode of Casually Kicking It Sports, a podcast for fans, by fans, and tonight we have, well today, wherever you're, we're recording at night, but whenever you're listening to this podcast, we've got Sam Rose in the building, we've got Tony in the building, quietness, what's up, we've got Tom in the building, and your boy L podcaster in the building. So, without further ado, um, you know we guys, you know we always dive into some fantasy uh, football and all that jazz. But basketball starting. NBA is about to you know start up really quickly here. I'm um, excited. What are you guys Woo-hoo. looking forward to this season? Uh, there's a lot of storylines going on right now. Um, it's preseason, so. You well, know. preseason just finished. Yeah, yeah, we could we we could talk about who we think is going to win the championship, who's going to win MVP, but I think we really got to dive into this Kyrie Irving situation. Well, it's just is it just Kyrie, right? He's the one carrying the baton here. Yep, he's the most important person in the uh, anti-vax circle. So. And so, is he actually anti-vaxing? Is he is he is that what it is? Is he totally against this, or is it is he taking a different because? Didn't he do something on uh, Instagram Live the other night? Yeah, he was on, he was on last night trying to uh, plead his case of what he's actually doing. I think Tony's got the best recap on that. <laughs> Tony, go ahead and recap us on this. <laughs> Tony was really so, in tune to that. All right, so just so you guys are aware, some backstory. We just recorded for like 15, 20 minutes and realized <laughs> that Tom was not recording over the phone. So we've already kind of had this discussion, but now we're going to have it again. Yeah. Nobody needs to know. Luckily, that, no, that, this that, has that, happened that, before to other podcasters. It, it's happens in the podcast world. Yeah, a lot of people know this happens. We're just lucky that we didn't go the entire podcast, then realize like, oh shit, you know? Yeah. No, Kyrie has come out and initially through uh Sham Sarania, NBA insider, uh, release statements or his team release statements basically stating he's not anti-vax that he wants to be a voice for the voiceless um take that as you will uh, not to get political or into statements regarding that but specifically he was on ig live last night and at this point he is really taking a stand uh that he's anti-mandates uh, anti that prevent somebody from working due to not having the vaccine. So he feels like the cause is now bigger than himself. And so that's why he's taking uh, the actions that he's taking. Okay, so as an owner of a basketball team, an NBA team, a professional NBA team here, um, in a state where the requirement is to have the vaccination, uh, how would you guys handle the situation? Because me personally... I wouldn't be able to have him play half the games on the road and not none of, none of the games at home. I think that's something that really hampers the chemistry of the team. And um I just it I to me it just something that doesn't won't work out. Yeah. I I totally agree. I think just not having him for half the games, chemistry is such a big part in the NBA. You can't just throw people together at the last minute as we saw last last year with Brooklyn. I mean, they had um, Kyrie, Harden, and Durant, but they were all out of the lineup in different parts of the season, so they never really got to play together. And when the playoffs happened, you know, more injuries happened, their chemistry wasn't there, and they got knocked out by the Bucks in the semifinals. So 
I think um, if you're able to, uh, if Brooklyn's able to trade Kyrie for some role players um, and try and get some shooting, try and get some depth, some defense, and and just go go on with um, Durant and Harden because you've got two of the top five offensive players in the league and you've got enough to win a championship already. So that's what I would do. Tom, what about you? No, I agree with Jenny because uh, my thing is like, okay, he has this platform, even though he's not an anti or a vaxxer or anti-vaxxer or whatever you call it. But still like, if I'm the owner of the team, to be honest, that's a, public i mean i'm in that state so i can't change the state so i can't change the mandate so i'll change the player on my team that's you know running amok you know what i mean so i'll just get like 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 sam real says you know i'll get some uh key role players instead of him and let him go to a state that doesn't mandate so far but he's going to end up doing it anyway to be honest i think all the States are going to start mandating. But does that work also for guys, players that have not been vaccinated and go to a, a state that requires that? Can they play in that state? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There are only three cities uh, Los Angeles, uh, San Francisco, New York. and New York City. Right. Um, that are requiring it. And if you're playing on the road, you can actually still play in New York. Oh, really? Yeah, like if he yeah. went to go play against the Knicks, he's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is weird. I mean, I feel like Kyrie, I feel I feel like Kyrie like like Tom was saying, he's I I think he's just eventually just going to get it. But I mean, he's on such a hill right now and he's alone that he kind of wants to stand his ground. So, I don't know. I feel like I mean, he's always presented himself. He's like a different type of dude. Yeah. Um yeah, he you is. Know, and another thing I will say though is is um, somebody was saying on um, what's his name Nick Wright was saying that they could um, in New York they could eventually just completely change the laws and you're able to play without the vaccine so that could happen as well I mean that's not off the table so a month into the NBA season they could be like New York could completely change the laws yeah but do you see them changing the laws I mean it's I'm not an no. office so I don't know but it's a possibility for them <laughs> to do that. Once they made the law, of course they could change the law, yeah. but that specific city is not going to change the laws. Based on eventually so they might. There's so many people, they don't they're not going to change it out. They're not going to. It's it's such a busy state like uh, city, they have to have the mandate because if not they'll have like a a bigger pandemic there is uh, that is now the constituents that make up that area want vaccine mandates right that's why Mm -hmm. they're in place Kyrie misses those those the three cities we mentioned that have them are very liberal cities so they they want them I think one of the things that's interesting is uh, if you're online the people who are supporting Kyrie are the same people a year ago were telling him to like shut up and dribble when he was talking about George Floyd. So nice. So it's interesting. Like Ted Cruz made a joke on his, uh, on his Twitter account where he was uh, asking like for the Houston Rockets to trade for Kyrie. (laughs) So it's like these people who you would never align yourselves with on any other issue are suddenly backing you up and are your biggest cheerleaders now. If you're Kyrie, you might want to take a step back and look around the room and see who you've surrounded yourself with at this point. 
Listen, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to. You know, um, what's the word? Uh, Make it a political thing. No, no, I don't want to bash or or uh, all our West Coast fans, you know, or anyone who's in LA or listen to the podcast on the West Coast. But that's a funky state, man. Because like just the other day, they banned, they put a ban against um, gas powered like and lawnmowers, lawnmowers and, and blowers. So like really? you can't use like yeah, blow for blowers, yeah, purposes. Yeah, uh, so you can't use green. you can't you can't use blowers that you have gas or lawnmowers that you gas use gas. Everything has to be electric or what's something. What's wrong else. with that, Ed? You've got a fart in your own home. What's got a fart? Or what's got a fart? <laughs> <laughs> what's what's wrong with that? <laughs> what's wrong with that is that um, you know there are a lot of people that don't have electronic things and and you know there's probably Can't a lot of there, there are a lot of uh, people that rely on you know lawn maintenance as in you know putting food on the table roof over their head and if they can't switch you know how many how many people here in the state of florida you know lawn people have everything gas powered it, you know it's ridiculous oh. because it is such a small scale uh in terms of like the actual impact that those individual people have Yet they will let these tremendous, huge businesses dump 99. Basically, if you're looking at the sum of the pie of the problem, like 1% of the problem are people using like the lawnmowers and the blowers and things like that. And so they're attacking the 1% while ignoring the 99% bigger problem uh, because that's who's like putting money in their pockets as like politicians. Like all the... Uh, all yeah, the uh, they're trying... Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tom. Go ahead. No, I think, I'm agreeing with Tony because, like, my whole thing is I think they're actually showing face that they're doing something about it, but they're not doing on, on a larger scale that they should be doing because they're making money off of those specific... Uh, exactly. Well, machines this, that are being polluted. This went way, way left yeah, from, know, from, as, from basketball. But I'm like going to bring it back in because much, this is for a, a conversation yeah. for the other podcast in case you guys want to listen to that. That's our regular Casually Kicking It podcast, which you guys could check out. Yeah, we also have a John Deere podcast that airs Wednesday, but we're going <laughs> to dive really into the uh, lawnmower. No, there is no John Deere. So anyways, all I'm saying is that the West Coast, you know, I mean, I, I don't know about New York, but, you know, LA is kind of funky anyways with the rules out there. Um, well, because what I'm saying is will LA change their rules on the, the mandates with the vaccines? I highly doubt that. Who knows? Yeah, no. I, don't, I don't think they're going to change a law just for that. Uh, what other storylines are we looking forward to in this basketball season? No, I think kind of related to it is whether or not Kyrie would actually accept the trade. If he were to accept okay. the trade, the most obvious destination um, might be swapping him with Ben Simmons in Philly since they're looking to move Ben yes. Simmons. But here's the problem, okay. too, is that um, Kyrie, I think Kevin Durant and and James Harden went to Brooklyn because of Kyrie. Yeah, Kevin Durant specifically, like basically in the offseason where he was a free agent, he they decided on Brooklyn together, him and Kyrie. Yeah. So they're like besties. Uh, Durant has not come out and badmouthed the decision are really spoken publicly on Kyrie's uh, situation. But I have to imagine that KD is pretty upset right now uh, with maybe even himself for choosing to leave Steph. 
Steph and Clay and I mean, Draymond. God, his, well, the whole idea he was of, so good there. Like he, his situation in Golden State was so good, but I, he just wanted to win a title somewhere. Else. I also don't okay, feel like he got along with management there. Where in um, Golden State? Well, Golden the State. situation with Draymond became so toxic. I mean, your teammate yeah. is openly calling you a bitch, like in front of like the world. Um, and you don't think that management handled it appropriately, which is basically come out and said recently. But if KD would have went to management, it would have been like, I'll stay if you move Draymond. Draymond would have been traded that night. You're right. Yeah, but, Draymond, but KD is more passive aggressive than that. Yeah, he wouldn't. Yeah, he'd tweet it. <laughs> From a burner account. From a burner account, yeah. He's, he's proving his point by going to another team and pretty much playing better than them. For those who don't so, know, he does own a burner account, by the way. We're not just joking around with the burner account. Yeah. Just uh, joke around. He does. So Westbrook on the Lakers. Westbrook Does on it the work? Lakers. Oh, Will it work? Um, that's a good question. <sighs> I think during the regular season, it actually gives LeBron and AD a break that there's somebody who's going to have the ball in his hands, be playing hard every single night. It takes off some of the stress and the workload during the regular season actually saves them for more of the postseason. Hopefully keeps them healthier because even though I'm not a Laker fan, obviously watching the playoffs last year, seeing how the Lakers were decimated by injuries, uh, even just in the first round, you want everybody healthy at that time of year playing their best. And then we see who is the best team. Um, so, yeah, I think that Russell Westbrook allows them to, to basically kind of take it a little bit easier during the regular season. Yeah, like if LeBron gets hurt or whatever, Westbrook could just run the offense. Last year when LeBron got hurt, there was nobody there to run the offense like LeBron because the ball's always in LeBron's hands. So I don't know. It's an interesting chemistry experiment because um, neither LeBron or Westbrook like to play off the ball. They really want the ball in their hands. But I don't know. Westbrook, is uh, he goes 100. He's, he's a gamer. So I think they could make it work. Well, one of my favorite storylines this year, it actually just happened with Westbrook the other night where he tried to jump into a player for a foul on a three-pointer. Oh, yeah. And uh, the refs didn't call it. And we've seen it a couple times in this preseason where these kind of BS calls where shooters were contorting their bodies in order to draw fouls. Yeah. Like the Trey Young rule, (laughs) essentially. Yeah. Uh, it's no longer being called. So I know. Yeah, I noticed that during the play or during the preseason. I did notice that. It's something that there was a stark difference when watching like the Olympics this past summer, watching that basketball and watching stuff like that not get called. It made the game a lot more enjoyable. So I'm happy that they're bringing it to the NBA. And we've been able to see that so far this preseason as well. <laughs> Dead air. Um, so, man, I sound kind of loud, don't I? I don't know. No. You sound You're a fine. little low. I'm just adjusting the volume here, guys. Um, no, but yeah, that whole like jumping into your defender while you shoot and it's not like an actual real shot. Like you have no, you have no like chance of actually making a, a, a pure jump shot in that motion. Like I, I hate that. And, and, and well, I'm, after I'm happy that, that they changed that rule. Yeah. yeah, so why I mentioned Westbrook is because after the game, they asked him specifically about the rule and how it might impact. 
And he was like, well, I don't think it will really impact me because guys aren't really trying to jump and block my jump shot. <laughs> and the whole place started Whoa. cracking up because, you know, Russell Westbrook, not the greatest shooter. You probably want him taking jump shots. A lot of uh, people play defense off of him yeah. when he threw. Yeah, so he was like, I don't know if it's going to impact me, but it's probably going to impact some other people. So it was kind of funny. Oh, well, I did see the other night Seth Curry trying to do it and they didn't call it. And I was like, oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, because I think that's just so bullshit, man. Like, it really hampers someone that's playing actually good defense. Tom, do yeah. you, Tom, you think uh, other than the Lakers or Brooklyn, I guess those would be the two favorites. Do you have any other teams that you think could win the title? You this didn't year? mention the reigning NBA champions. Sixers. No, but those are the two favorites: the Lakers and the Nets. The Sixers, bro. The Sixers. The Bucks that's my team, Bucks aren't bro. The favorite. Okay. It, Tom, are you pro Ben Simmons or against Ben Simmons? No, I'm against Ben Simmons. He's soft as a as Charmin, a roll of Charmin toilet paper. And so, so if you were no. uh, Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers, you know, the head brass for Philadelphia right now, what would you Correct. do in their position? Well, Doc Rivers actually had a couple of meetings with him. They didn't say what he did, but they were, he was meeting with like several times. So I'm guessing he's trying to talk to him about what he, what he's what he's going to do, but I think we for right now just sell him high, get a couple real uh, like you know Kyrie's a good definitely a good addition if they, they do come over if he does come over. Um, Simmons can probably grab maybe two or three uh, decent players, so I, I would trade him to be honest because I mean if you see that that layup he did. That was horrible in the playoffs. That was crazy. That was stupid. Yeah. And, Tom, you, you being from Philly, you know that, like, you can't be that type of player and play in a sports town like know. Philly. I'm surprised he didn't get jumped after the game. <laughs> you can't be that. He was already on a flight to Cali. You can't. Yeah, he's, he's going to see yeah. one of the Kardashians or something. He went the back way out of the stadium and tried to get, had security the whole time going to the airport. Yeah. But I think one of the issues right now is that the Sixers weren't getting offers that they felt were deserving of a player of Ben Simmons caliber. And I agree. With Ben Simmons just having held out for so long, they really lost a ton of leverage with other teams. Yeah, that's definitely true. That's definitely true. Because obviously, if they found a good deal, if they found a good deal, they would want to move him ASAP just because it's a t kind of a toxic situation. Um, exactly. I agree. And Embiid, Embiid does not like him at all. So they have issues. Yeah, I mean, that's right now, uh, Embiid, NBA big men do not have long careers where they're just at the top peak of their game uh you know injuries seem to creep up they fall off yeah etc i mean from an orlando magic fan standpoint just looking at dwight howard's career once he started getting hurt he was became a different completely different player now i think Embiid is obviously a different caliber player offensively and he's really oh, yeah. developed I agree. he's developed his game uh to you know where he can score from all like parts of the floor on offense um, because mm -hmm. of the Ben Simmons situation. But they have built the team in Philadelphia around uh, Ben Simmons. Every single piece they've gotten has been around Ben Simmons. And Joel Embiid even came out and said that, like, 
when he was like, when we signed Al Horford, we needed a five yeah. who could shoot. Like every single decision, you know, we we go out and trade for Seth Curry, even though he might not be good defensively, he's a good shooter. And so you have to, you know, and he and beat even said himself, like, I have to develop a three point game because of Ben Simmons. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see Philadelphia once they do move on from Simmons, actually build the team around Embiid and his skill sets. Like that would be amazing. I think the team will look very differently at that point. I think personally, I, I think the obvious trade, and it seems for whatever reason that it's been on the table, but that they don't necessarily want to do it, is the CJ McCollum for Ben Simmons straight up. That'd be great for Philly. I think oh, it's yeah. a natural fit for Philly. It gives them a score, someone who can handle the ball late in games, who's not going to be afraid to shoot, let alone dunk. Um, it gives it gives basket. it gives Portland some much needed defense because they're one of the worst defensive teams in the league, and that's I mean they'll score 130 points, but they lose because they can't stop anyone. And Ben Simmons is you know he can't shoot, but he's one of the best defenders in the league. All right, so let's um let's move on to like um what what you were talking about earlier. What do we expect with like MVPs? Uh, um, who do you think is going to take the championship this year? So on and so forth. Yeah, um, MVP. <laughs> <laughs> Who's it gonna be? Yeah, I mean uh, Kawhi is not gonna play. Yeah, but Kawhi's never like the type of MVP kind of player because he, he doesn't play enough games, and he's like. So, do you think that Seth uh, Steph Curry was is going to be the um, MVP? Why him specifically? Why is that the first name you thought? Of? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's shattered on his name. There's a reason why. Are you targeting him in the fantasy draft tonight? No, maybe um, Kevin <laughs> Kevin Durant. No, I no, think KD. It's tough. You have to look at a player who is potentially not injury prone. And then also that oh. isn't going to get, you know, the game time maintenance where they're just sitting out random games during the middle of the week, you know. Nurchic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think uh, I think what I think what goes into an MVP is you've got to be the unquestioned best player on your team. So it's going to be hard mm-hmm. for a Kevin Durant or a Harden to win MVP because it's like any given night it could be the other person. Um, and I think if I were to make a pick, it's pretty underrated, but I think he's going to take this step this year. I don't know if this team will be, he's going to say Pascal Siak. No, no. I don't know if, I don't know if this team is going to be good enough for him to win the MVP, but I like Jason Tatum to win MVP this year. I think he's (laughs) going to take, I think he's going to take that next step. Um, but you've just always loved Jason Tatum. Are you saying Tatum? you're going to draft just, Jason Tatum in the NBA in, in the draft? Hey, man, if I have the chance to, why not? Um, I had him last year, and Gianni tried to trade for him like, uh, he, so many times. Jason Tatum is all world. He is a baller. Um, he he could probably lead the East in, in scoring or be top three with Harden. Um, I love Tatum this year. I think he's got a real good chance to win MVP. Uh, Tony? Uh I don't know. <laughs> Tom? I'm sorry. I'm going to go with Luca. Luca. Luca's a good pick, Luca's too. Luca's a good pick. Um, well, he was, I think last year, Luca was the 
favorite, like betting odds, to win MVP last he, year. I think he came in like third or something. Yeah, but he had like a really, really yeah. slow start at the gate, and the Mavs weren't that good. But that's the thing is like if your team finishes like sixth or seventh, unless you average a triple double like Westbrook did that one year where everybody was freaking out, it's hard for you to win MVP. That's why I don't know if Tatum could win MVP on the Celtics because I don't see them as a top four team in the East. But I think as a player, he has everything that entails an MVP for Why not sure. Giannis? Because he's already had it. We've seen Giannis. And yeah. another thing yeah, about but MVP... but it doesn't matter. NBA, you can still have MVP dog, again MVP, uh, another year. The NBA is oh. drama city. They like the storylines. Exactly. They don't want the boring, oh, Giannis is MVP again. They want the new fresh what? face. They always, it's, it's all storylines with the NBA. That's their, their, all right, so... Rookie uh, of the year. My second one. My second one is Embiid. Just to let you know, Great. Philly Homer. No, I mean Embiid yeah. was probably the leading candidate until he got hurt uh, right around the All Star break last year. Yep. Correct. Rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. I'm going. Oof. I'm going Jalen Green on the Houston Rockets. He's gonna put up a lot of empty calorie stats. He so will. I think he... that could be actually a nice pick. Not that he would be. Kind of similar to Anthony Edwards winning it. Not that it's a is a solid winning basketball player, but if you're putting up a lot of stats uh, or scoring a lot of points on a losing team, um, the rookie of the year tends to like that fits the makeup of a rookie of the year often. Plus, in that class, I think he's the most NBA ready because he didn't go to college. He played in the G League last year, and we saw what happened when Lamelo Ball did the exact same thing: skipped college and played in the friggin' Australian league or whatever it is. Same with Luca. You come into the NBA ready to play, like right away, and you're you're, you're seeing a lot of uh, younger players do that now. So, who are you taking, Tony? Jalen Green as well. I think that's a smart pick, uh, Tom. Same thing. I'm gonna go with Jalen Suggs. No way. I I knew you were gonna go with the freaking magic. I've always <laughs> you don't want to go with Franz. I've always liked Jalen Suggs, man. And and even if the Magic had the number one pick, I wanted them to draft Jalen Suggs. I just saw him better than all those other guys. Even though you you named Jalen Green and you have a, a heck of a, a argument, and I and you know I I agree with you, but I just think he's gonna he's just better. Sorry. If uh, he had the tools around him to make him that, it, it, when it's rookie of the year, you don't need to have the tools. It's almost you. better it's when, just, if you're a rookie, if you don't have the tools yeah. around you, because then you get to shine that's a little true. bit more. Right. So that's why yeah, we mentioned yeah. Jalen Green because uh, Houston needs somebody that can score, and yeah. he's going to give get plenty of opportunities to shoot the rock. That's for sure. When does Jonathan Isaac come back? That's a good question because uh, I was thinking like. It's hard for Suggs to win Rookie of the Year because, I mean, Isaac's going to be the best player on that team Listen, if he's I healthy, have, right? Um, I have a couple nuggets, and one of the nuggets is uh, is that if starving if, that he he could probably play. He he's 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 good to go, but the Magic are are treating it very very. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Safe. Yeah, they're being very cautious very, right like, now. Well, extremely cautious and safe. Well, yeah, I mean, they like, should. He, he can play. They right should. Now, if they wanted to. Yeah, uh, but, but they're just being extremely cautious, just like they did when he got hurt the last time. And I just feel like sometimes 
you're going to have to roll the ball out there and let people play basketball. Yeah. Like the potential for injury yeah. is always there. And if this guy, I would rather know whether or not this guy can actually stay healthy for a full 82. Right. Um, because there are going to be decisions made about the future of the team future based, based off of him. Like, is he a centerpiece that you're actually building around? And if you're always having to basically handle him with kid gloves, then that's not someone that you can realistically build around because if he can't play an NBA season, you know, hopefully one day the Magic are in the playoffs and they're having to play games every other night. You need to be healthy. You need to be healthy. And we don't know yet if Isaac can or can't stay healthy. Here's the other nugget is that the Magic organization... (laughs) the The Magic organization... Um. Well, I can't say where I'm getting my information from, so I just call him little oh, nuts. All right, Sean. No. All right. So my little my next yeah. nugget is that the Magic organization they do want Isaac as the main staple of the franchise, and they see him as that right now, and they want to build around him. But if you Which don't know, like Tony said, if he, the my man's can stay healthy, you're gonna have to, you know make a decision and if if they treated Adrian Peterson the same way like we wouldn't we wouldn't even know if if Adrian Peterson you know what i'm saying like he had well, i just think that like some and he guys plays in a rougher sport some guys for whatever reason just seem injury prone right. have bad luck their limbs are too long for their body something always happens right uh Jonathan Isaac has been a bit snake bitten over the last 2 years I would just, again, I would rather know if this is going to be our piece that we're building around in the future, I would rather know, can this guy stay healthy or not? So if he's healthy enough to play, he needs to pay. And as a season ticket holder for the Magic, it's very frustrating to invest my money in a team that is not playing all out. Do you think if the Orlando Magic were in win-now mode, they would be more inclined to bring Isaac back earlier? Or be, or because they're thinking, we're not going to really win this year anyway, let's take our time with him and make sure he's right for so, the future? But that was part of the problem. So we have a new coach, so there's not necessarily a rush to win. But when we did our previous rebuild under like Jacques Vaughn and stuff, one of the issues is it became a culture of losing. Like that's how like people got just used to it and accepted it. It's the whole trust the process thing to bring it back to Philly. You lost so much that that becomes people's mentality and they accept things that they shouldn't. So then when Philly brings in a Jimmy Butler type who is completely, if we're playing a game of checkers, he wants to beat my ass in it. Right. Cause he's all about winning. He ends up clashing and hates his experience in Philly because of it. So I think it's a very dangerous game to play to not go all out and kind of be okay with losing early on. Um, these teams that like tank in the NBA for high draft picks, I understand the kind of short-term benefit of it because you do get rewarded for losing in American sports. There's no relegation, right? But you rarely see these teams that really like hardcore tank actually end up accomplishing anything in the long term. I mean, just looking at Philadelphia with trust the process, 
like the best they ever did was make it to the second round. Yeah. Even with all of their high draft picks and that's that much, they had. Yeah, and well, that was like the ideal. And they, they got lottery luck by getting the first pick. I mean, multiple, uh, you know, Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons, Jaleel Okafor, Joel Embiid. Like they had so many top five picks that the only thing that you can kind of account as to why they haven't been able to bring it all together is that that culture that they have or lack thereof. Here's another thing is that um, Jonathan Isaac has been he got hurt a year and a couple months now. Like it's been a year and a couple months, and I've seen him go and visit the Pope. I've seen him go, and he's helped around the community in Orlando with building houses and moving stuff and well, food for people. And I'm like, man, this guy, this guy, he just got married. He looks good to me, man. That's a little bit different handing out turkeys than going to play basketball. Bro. Yeah, but I mean, like, exactly. it's been a, over a year. You know what I mean? Yeah, he got hurt going in the bubble. The Pope, you're not playing defense on the Pope. No, but <laughs> but still, I mean, to, to fly in a plane, you can't have swelling going on, you know, right? Oh, whatever. On long plane trips. No, it's been over a year. Yeah, he got he hurt got in the hurt. bubble, man. So, it's time. It's time. All right. So, um, should we move on now to some uh, football, or are we, Gianni? Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else for NBA? What else do we want to uh, uh, dive into? No, I mean, who's going to be your first pick? <laughs> um, I don't know because I pick seventh, and it's kind of like whoever falls to me. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you are. <laughs> so I, I don't really like... have a, a choice, but. There's a bunch of players that I'd like. Definitely Jason Tatum. <laughs> Jason Tater Tots. He's my guy this year for sure. Tater, Tater. <laughs> Tater. All right. So moving on to um, football, we had Ooh. some crazy news hit with uh, John Gruden. Wow. And if you've been living under a rock, Ooh. I'm sorry, I'm not going to uh, talk about it because it's been talked about all over sports all radio over. And, and, and regular news media outlets. At nauseum. And, um, but what I do want to say on this situation is, has anybody ever thought about the guy who got the assignment or the, the person who got the assignment of going through those emails? No. Cause I have. Why? I'm like, Why you know, like you? it had to be somebody that comes up and is like, Hey, uh, blah, 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 blah. I need you to go through millions and millions of emails. Blah, 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 blah. And you're like, ah, oh, shit. You know, the guy's <laughs> like, ah, oh, shit. Whoever, guy or gal, whoever it is that has to go through these emails. They had to go through millions of emails, dude. I think it was 650,000. So you got to sit there. Your job is to go through all these emails, right? And you're like, fuck, bro. Like, I don't want to do this shit. And you're sitting there going through emails and you land the, get, through, and you get this nugget of the John Gruden. You're like, man, that guy must have been like, oh. Shit, I got something. He probably went to lunch and was like dancing. He's like, I didn't tell anybody yet. They know what I got. <laughs> he must have been like, or whoever it was, because it could have been a female. She could have been like, holy shit, I just hit. And they're celebrating like, hey, wait till the boss sees this shit. This is going to go down. You know? Like, John Gruden is in my emails. Like, he's in the emails. And she's like, popping bottles. And Can you imagine, like, if you run into that, like, going through all the emails and all of a sudden you're like, well, I, I think I've hit a gold mine. Ed, I heard, I heard, I heard. Um, Gruden was considering putting Mariota as the starting quarterback, and Carr got wind of it and said, "Release the emails." <laughs> uh, 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 uh. 
But I mean, no, seriously, has anybody ever thought about the guy who was doing the email? No, okay. No, so, the person. Because, no. like, if I ran into that, I'd be, like, licking my chops, like, yo. Yeah. What the fudge? I'd be, like, moonwalking and shit. Like, going through so many emails, like Tony just said. And you land into that, and you're like, man. Like, well, so, I have uh, kind of similar experiences being in management in my career, where... You know an employee has done something wrong. Say, like, uh, you think they've been stealing cars. And you sit there and you watch hours of footage or you're uh, camping out in a car, like, being, like, surveillance. When you finally catch them, it's like, holy shit, they actually did this. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you, you really do start, like, freaking out because it's just, like, I would watch hours and hours hours of like film like trying to like find this like little blip of evidence that I would need. Um so it was like a celebratory experience. I'm telling you, did. I mean this person who found this email must be like, "Yo, Christmas bonus, I'm building a pool, you know, like uh National Lampoons." <laughs> cuz I mean seriously, you if I think about cuz they did say that number Tony and I was thinking in my head, "Man, to sit there for hours and I don't know if it was just one person or if they had like a group you know sometimes they'll have a group of people like like set of five people or four people and they're just that crew that, that they go through emails but even at that just to go through so many and read all these emails to find something like that <laughs> I mean like that guy must so be I sitting on or that person should be is probably sitting on cloud nine right now they've released or they haven't even released it, but they released to the Wall Street Journal. Somebody fed them this information. It is now uh, having a lot of different parties come out and say, hey, what else are, are in all these other emails? Like you've given us like this is just like the tip of the iceberg. The investigation was related to the Washington football team. Right. Wasn't even related to Gruden. No. Right. He just got sideswiped. And I'm so happy he got sideswiped because anybody who uses the language he uses deserves to get fucking sideswiped. Um, I think an interesting discussion is, do you think the NFL will actually release more of the information that they're being pressured to release right now? Or do you think that they will close ranks and kind of not release any more of the information? I don't know, man, because... uh... Does the NFL have money invested in some of those that we've learned already, like co-founders or owners of of certain companies? Well, I mean, included on this email train were the co-founder of Hooters and like the founder of PDQ. Right, and and the founder of PDQ dumps a lot of money for being the official chicken people for the Tampa Bay Bucks. (laughs) So like, you know, it's like they, they, you know, put money in. No, of course. So I don't know because that's so. That's how tough. much like I, so- ju- I do believe I do believe that that it's not fair though. If if I I always believe in being fair. So if John Gruden well, is going to be if, if if John Gruden is going to be well, no. Here's my point: is if John Gruden is going to be run through the mud, and he ran himself through the mud, whatever you know, or, or his name, you know, I don't agree with anything that he said. I but I'm what I'm saying is be a fair across the board as well with everyone else. So somebody on uh, Twitter said that's the difference and what they're doing because they haven't released. I'm sure like Daniel Snyder, the owner of uh, Washington football team, has said some pretty like foul stuff. Uh, 
in those emails that you could probably find. Uh, I think that it's the difference between catching somebody who's writing the checks and catching somebody who's cashing the checks. There's a difference between the owners and everybody else. And ultimately, Roger Goodell works for all the owners. So unless the owners begin, it becomes such an untenable situation that the owners themselves have to turn on Daniel Snyder. I don't see Roger Goodell uh, basically allowing those emails to see the light of day. Yeah, because I I have a belief that John Gruden isn't the only one with the foul language. I'm of sure course. that there's others using the same. But language. he's the sacrificial lamb. Correct, and I don't think that's fair. I think it should be fair across the board. But we live in a society of like the Illuminati, and then you know if the Illuminati gets a hold of somebody, hey, somebody has to die in order for no. The but rest like so, continue surviving. comparing to the Donald Sterling situation, in I'm the making NBA, that up. By the way, don't I hope no Illuminati comes after me. <laughs> To, comparing to the Donald Sterling situation in the NBA when he made racist remarks and that was revealed, it became such an untenable situation that the other owners who already didn't like Sterling were like, you know, Silvery, like, you need to, like, give this guy the boot. And so they force him out. And, and he still, of course, because rich people always make it out on top, he still sells the team for $2 billion and make, you know, yeah. Right. But until the other owners put pressure on Goodell, namely like your Jerry Jones types, like the super powerful owners in the game, um, the Glazers, then nothing's, nothing's going to happen to like Snyder. Yeah. The Glazers so, aren't going to say anything because PDQ pays for a lot of their stuff. So I'm guessing, um, really official I'm, chicken. I'm guessing Eminem can't say his gay slur lyrics at the Super Bowl halftime show now. Probably not. Probably I would assume that any of the foul lyrics were going to be, uh, you know, censored anyways. But comparing who the halftime show is versus people in leadership and decision-making positions, that's a bit of a false equivalency. Snoop Dogg can't say, bitches ain't shit, but hey. hoes and tricks. But I think, because like Demora Smith was on Bomani Jones's podcast talking about you know, you you always feel like these these people who were in these emails, and they're not the only ones who speak or feel this way. These are decision makers. Um, you know, I read in one article, John Gruden uh, has has not had a black coordinator since the late 1990s, and is the only uh, his only quarterback ever that was black was Sean King, and Sean King was already on the Bucks team when he won the Super Bowl. So these ideas that he had impacted the decisions and the lives of people around him. So that's why I think it's such an important issue that, you know, you, you look at the people specifically that he mentioned in the emails, they don't get advancements and opportunities under somebody like John Gruden. So it's important for the NFL to weed people out like that so that it actually becomes a fair playing field for everybody to go after their dreams and what they want. All right. Anything, well said. Um, yeah, Gianni, well said. Gianni and Tom, do you guys want to add anything else to this? Uh, no, I mean, not really. Go ahead, Tom. I'm, I, be, I don't have much. Honestly, Tony actually nipped it in the butt, but my thing is, is that, um, he nipped it in the butt, but I still got two boards. (laughs) Yeah. But even if, even if he is made to be an example, 
you know, from other folks that are doing it that are further up the ladder, I think this is a really good example that they should be doing. And it will build a platform to just stop being like judgy and, and racist in, in different ways. Like I, I'm wholeheartedly for what Tony just said. So I'm, I'm just letting you know, it's just, it's good that they're taking action to be honest. Look, we would have to be naive to think that there aren't still racist, misogynist, homophobic Mm -hmm. people, uh, it's still in positions of power within the NFL. Right. Um, but it is the NFL's responsibility to, uh, unfortunately, like John Gruden is the guy, or unfortunately for him, he's the guy who's like tar and feather him and walk him through the streets and brand him as the same. Shame, shame. Exactly. Like he was. And what? why do you do stuff like that in order to try to prevent it from happening it again in higher. the future? Um, All right. Well, look, we've got 10 more minutes before it's time for us to do a NBA draft, right, Johnny? Right. We're about to mm-hmm. get ready. So uh, what else did we want to mention before we got to uh, shut this uh, podcast down for the week? Tony's uh, going down this week. <laughs> yeah, Tom and I play hit fantasy. Yeah, and me and Ed play. <laughs> yep, we so do. So we have a casually kicking it battle royale this week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seems like I've played everybody because the nice. past week it was – uh, El Roofer who was here I was playing him Then last week was Free Healthcare Which I played him And now it's you Which I played this way I've played everybody in the gambit so far Yeah Yeah so I think the big discussion In our chat this week Was whether or not Michael Thomas Was uh, worthy as a trade ship Alright well let's dive into that And we'll, we'll close out with that Michael Thomas You're very wrong brother um, I would not That's not a swing for the fences move um, Michael Thomas to me is is has has no value at the moment, and then that team with Jameis Winston behind the helm, uh, the same guy who threw four TDs this past uh, week. This, yeah, well, when they get the ball on the twenty, it's easy. Yes, other not, teams not don't dr- score driving, off a turnover. Not driving down the not driving down the field. No. Well, because they're missing the best wide receiver no, from twenty nineteen. No, 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 no. Look, and that's what it is, Tony. Exactly what you said. He's from twenty nineteen. <laughs> yeah, you can't so, be using like two year old stats because if not, then like. Hey, no, let's uh, let's bring Adrian Peterson back because like five years ago, let's Adrian Peterson. No, but we did the same thing. We back. did the same thing with Christian McCaffrey. Where he was hurt all of last year. Well, that was last year though. But he played okay. last yeah. year. Yeah, but so was Mike. Michael Thomas was Michael hurt Thomas last year. Was like hurt last year, like the entire season. Michael Thomas exactly. Is so they were both hurt in the previous. Slam years. boy can't do anything. Slam boy puts up numbers for fantasy. Different no, positions, different offenses. Yeah, but you yeah. different variables. Here's the he's, thing: is you can't remember, you can't kinda, use okay. him as a trade piece. You can on if ands or buts. No, you definitely can. No, Mike Thomas Mike Thomas has fantasy value right now. Yeah, he does. I just but, think but he does. from but hold on, to, just to put it in perspective and and just to give the example of what Tony was trying to trade for Keenan Allen and Michael Thomas what? was was the main chip. Now, I'm thinking that Michael Thomas's best case I scenario think Tony should just stop getting Keenan Allen in general. <laughs> You're not going to get him. Okay. I think Michael Thomas's best case scenario this year is for him to be Keenan Allen. So I would say if Michael Thomas is 100% healthy, that is uh, unfair to say that his best case scenario is Keenan Allen. I disagree. Because he has shown 
when healthy, that he is capable of being WR1 on okay. a season. But he's on also... The, oh, so the, even... Note. Go ahead, Tom. But No, on that note, like, yes, when he's healthy, but guess what? We haven't seen him play yet. So, Co- like... Correct. So, so that's... He can, after you get hurt, you know you're not the same after you get hurt. I know. So I, his... His his productivity might not be the same, and plus he had Drew Brees throwing to him, not Jameis Winston, you know. So I totally think that he his value is very low this 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 year. I think so. Who in their right mind would trade Keenan Allen to get Michael Thomas in return? No, I don't Hell think. No. I don't think. Well, the person who owns Keenan Allen in our league is also one in four, and he's got to keep in an. He's got to wow, keep Keenan really, Allen. really. Did you see his team? It's all backups. Okay, so putting Mike Thomas last year when he was healthy, he played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Play. He played. But he wasn't games. healthy after week one. That's what he's basically come out and said. That's why he got surgery. I don't think. Yes, you can obviously look at last season stats, right? But he never was healthy after week one, which is hilarious because he got hurt when Sean Payton was trying to run up the score against the Bucks. So he got hurt in week one? He got hurt in week one and then never recovered fully from the injury, and that's what he had surgery on in this past like June or July. Late Still, if I'm losing teams, I'm not letting go of like... But th- because okay. he should have, he should have basically. The, the reason why Michael Thomas and Sean Payton had beef is because the Saints asked him not to have the surgery he needed last season and to come back and try to win one for Drew. We wait. So we, your argument is because because Mike is one and four and kind of needs to gamble on the upside of Mike Thomas that that trade is worth it. So if you were trading it to someone that was in the playoffs with a three and two or four and one record, you you wouldn't necessarily make that same deal. Because no, you, I you, could, you, no. you offered you me believe, Michael Thomas for Daryl Henderson. No, yeah, I could offer it to somebody else oh, and justify no. it in my mind for that person. Like, so for somebody in, who is 4-1, you can actually wait on the fact that Michael Thomas essentially is on a bye this okay. week and then he's going to be back next week. So, okay, okay, let me say something real quick. I'm sorry. On your note, Tony, you, in your mind, that's justified. But when you... Like, like, I don't know if we can remember when Santos says, when you're making a trade, you kind of want to know what that, also that, that, uh, oh my God, that owner wants that can benefit from that. I mean, you taking Keenan Allen from him for Mike Thomas, I don't think that's going to work. Mike has to, or Mike, uh, the owner of the team that's one in four with Keenan Allen is in a position where I think he needs to make, maybe it's not this move. But he needs to begin making moves in order to try to turn this ship around. Right. But he so needs to win, and Mike's I'm, not even playing this week. If I'm trading, yes, but if you're looking for it for the full length of the season, no, are then you it's focusing put on him one week one or more the full length? Of the season? Dog, he's in like, survival mode. Be, yeah. Yeah. Because right now, wait. if I was a Keenan Allen owner, you can't. I would be Thomas. concerned. No, you can't. I, he's, a, he's a WR two on a good offense. Yeah, but no, that's not the okay. That's and fine. You're there, although, although it is a small sliver of a chance that Michael Thomas returns to 2019 form, although that's not the most likely outcome, it is still 
in the range of outcomes that it could happen because he has done it in the past. This is but good, Mike so, can't make that deal this week because uh, he needs again, bodies pass, this week pass. to win. Okay, he, so yes, the deal could still be available the following it week. Does, no, he okay. when Michael Thomas Tony plays wants, next week. Tony wants what, to stack everybody. Let me ask you this. One at a time. One at a time. One at a time. One at a time. All right. One sec, Tom. Let me ask you this. Go ahead. If Michael Thomas's first game, he comes back, he's on your team. He has eight receptions for 85 yards and a touchdown. Yes. Is that deal still on the table for Keenan Allen? Probably not. Probably not. So you're yeah. you're okay. So you're you're offering it as of right now because you don't believe Mike Thomas is going to no, be that. I'm trying to because my team is three and two. I'm trying to eliminate the variability and risk that exists in Michael Thomas's range of outcomes. As I mentioned, Michael Thomas could go back to being the 2019 version of himself, although a small chance it does exist. He could become what Keenan Allen is producing this year, or he could bust completely and get hurt again, right? right. So there's very there's a wide range of variability. Anyone could get hurt. Here's right? the thing. But or he could perform poorly like he did at the end of last season, right? So there's a wide range of variability. Since my team is three and two, I'm trying to eliminate that variability and get a more defined solid player. From and a, Keenan Allen. From a team that needs to win. He needs right a now. home run. Here's the thing. But he, here's, he also here's, needs to win this so, week. Yeah, but I know, but get the home run if, it, like you said, you don't know what type of Michael Thomas he's getting. He can get more of a home run with Keaton Allen because he's been nothing but producing. Yeah, but he's been producing with a cap. Like there's a ceiling to Keenan Allen's play because Mike Williams has become the WR one on their team. All right, listen, really quick because we got to get let the, the show go. I'm gonna get the last one. Well, I gotta get here. my laptop. Um, we have um, a team that is one in four and has Keenan Allen, which is me. I, you know, your argument, you, you have a, you have a, you know, your, your argument is not, is not a bad argument for someone who's four and one or, or five and oh, that can wait on a Michael Thomas. You don't have to wait. He's going to play next week. No, he cannot wait at one and four. You cannot wait. I'm sorry. He's playing cannot, in week seven. It no, doesn't, no, it doesn't matter. He can't wait at this moment of week six. He's we one and four. You need to win now. You need to, if you're going to trade Keenan Allen, you need to trade Keenan Allen for two pieces that are going to be producing for you right now. So where is that offer to because him? If he, puts, here, here, if, if he gets Michael Thomas on his team, he's going to have to wait. And then he doesn't know if Michael Thomas is even going to return to Michael Thomas form. So then that could be another week. Now you, you're, you you're one you in, in seven, right? Talk where, to him, Where man. he could have Keenan Allen for two other pieces that would have been more productive right off the rip. When you're in that situation, you can't not – you cannot wait on something like that. In the you other hand, you, you do have an argument for someone who's 5-0 and or 4-1. and I would take the trade and hold on to Michael Thomas – with with a, a taking a swing for the fences, hoping that he pans out to something, but in in a, in a predicament where someone not not it doesn't necessarily have to be Mike, but if someone's sitting at one and four, they cannot take a chance of getting rid of one of their studs for something. Okay, that's but not a Keenan Allen isn't a stud this year. He is still a stud. Not this year. He's still a hey, stud. He's still in the top fifteen from, of wide receivers. Take it from a guy that so, so top fifteen is a league. stud now. So hey, so but then so then why do you want him on your team? 
because he's a safe bet. Because he's a stud. No, because he's a safe bet well, to get me double digits every single week. We can continue the conversation well, on another week. Tom, we got to go. If he gets him, uh, if he gets him, he can stack, don't he? Yes, Tony will stack if he gets him. Well, that's why I'm initially also trying to trade for him because I have Herbert on my team. Guys, we thank you guys so much for listening to Casually Kicking Sports. You should try and get Mike Will. Hopefully, you guys come back next week. Yeah, that's not happening. Impossible. If, if he wants my prices, if he, definitely, definitely not today. Mike, not today. Mike, Mike, Thomas for, Mike Thomas for Mike Loom straight up. Let's All right, guys. We're out of here from Ed, El Podcaster, Tony, Sam Rills, Tom. Casually Kicking Sports. We go. Peace. All right. Later.